Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Rise and Flow. My name is Gabe, this is Ray, and we are attorneys for Inflow Law Group. And for today's episode, we're interviewing Jasmine Sawajid, who is a TikTok creator. She's also a coach for creators and business owners looking to get a little bit better handle on their marketing strategies. I can't wait to, to chat with her. I know she provides a lot of insight for businesses, and I, I can't wait to hear what she has to say. It's going to be a good one, so stay tuned. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you so much for jumping on as a guest for our Rise and Flow podcast. I know we've been wanting to have you on for a while because you have such a unique perspective given your journey and what you're doing and what we know you're planning on doing in the future. So thank you so much. It's an honor to have you on. And yeah, we usually start off with a brief introduction about what you're doing and where you come from and stuff like that. So if you want to jump off, like share with the audience what you currently do and how you got here and a little bit about your story, that'd be a great jumping off point. Yeah, that sounds great. So I have an engineering background, surprisingly, and throughout the time of pursuing my engineering career, I started creating content when I was working from home in 2020, like a lot of people starting to create videos on TikTok for fun. A lot of it was centered around my engineering background and some funny stuff about being like a Middle Eastern woman in a male-dominated industry, and a lot of people seemed to really like it. And my content quickly started taking off, and it kind of fulfilled that dream that I had when I was younger of wanting to be a YouTuber without having to put as much work. So throughout 2020, I was creating content, and then I started getting reached out for brand deals, and it kind of just kept growing from there. And then 2021, 2022, I had a lot of people reach out to me to help them grow their own social media accounts. And I realized there was opportunity for me to leverage my own experience and what I'm really passionate about into a way that helps people for their own endeavors, whether it's like artistic or personal or business. And so within the last year, really up until 2022, 2023, I've been really focused on mentoring businesses, business owners and content creators on how to grow their own socials, especially on TikTok. And it's been really fun. And that's really where I'm focused at now. It's been like a lot of evolution, but that's kind of the backstory of where I got here. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And it's also really cool to hear kind of this, this thread along a lot, a lot of our guests and us as well, that it, it really, the pandemic and the closure kind of picked off a lot of businesses and a lot of projects and you're kind of along with us, everyone else. So. Yeah, and I love how organic your journey has been yeah. where it's like you start creating content and then you started to accumulate a following and then you started getting brand deals and then you just took yeah. the next step from there and become a coach. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good way of putting it because I think a lot of people come up to me and they say like they have this plan or they have like these visions or they are feeling stuck because they don't know what their like five-year plan is. And I kind of just was like always winging it. So I like that you called it organic because that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. And like, take us back to how when the beginning of your content creation journey, like what were your TikTok videos about? Were you just kind of curious about the platform or did you really have like things you wanted to share with the world? So ever since I was like in college, even I used to create a lot of content on Instagram, but it never really went anywhere because Instagram was hard to get any reach on that platform. So I used to be really into fitness. I was like a power lifter in college and I used to share a lot of content around going to the gym and all that stuff. So I always was really passionate about creating content, but I never really found a platform that gave me the ability to reach new people the way TikTok did. 
So that's what really appealed to me about that platform. And so when I first started, I was creating videos about what it was like to work from home, what it was like to be a woman working with all men and being in classrooms with all men. I also created a lot of videos about being Middle Eastern and just the funny things about our culture and like how my dad makes hookah better than everybody else. Just like random things about being with my parents too, because I got like closer with them during that time and I was with them constantly every day. So it was just like whatever organically popped up and it was a way for me to kind of post the funny things that I would have never had an outlet for with my serious job and my serious things that I had in my life. And yeah, so that's kind of where it started and it's evolved since then. But that's really what I was focusing on at the start. And when did you kind of figure out that you wanted to kind of shift your content towards something a little bit more structured and and professional? Yeah, I think it happened when I had a couple of friends that had business owners reach out to me for help. And through organic conversation with people in my life, they were like, oh, I saw you have like 50,000 followers on TikTok. Like, how did you do that? How can I do that? I've always wanted to like share my passion for dance or like grow my uh, small business in some way. And then I had an artist from New York City reach out to me that she wanted to grow her account and didn't know who to go to. And so it kind of just happened where people were recognizing that I was good at creating content and I was really passionate about it. And so I realized that I needed to expand to not only the people who would stumble upon me or the people who I knew in my own life, but to start actually doing some outreach and building some actual offers around it because it was something that I just genuinely enjoyed having conversations around. And I realized it could be something that I could do more seriously. Awesome. Got you. And are you, are you, you're no longer an engineer, is that like, are you not like, you don't have a, cause like, you're still an engineer, but are you still like working in that capacity still? Is like what you're doing with the coaching situation on the side or have you moved like full time, full time into it? Yeah. So I quit my engineering job like a month and a half ago. And I was in my engineering role for like about five years. So I was doing my business plus my engineering job for like a year or a year and a half. And it was a lot throughout that time. Like I was working from the moment I woke up to the morning to the moment I went to bed. So, yeah, I, I was working my engineering job for a while. And then I just recently quit to focus on this full time, which was like a huge step. And I've shared some content around that, too because I know a lot of people who follow me are kind of doing both, like either creating content or have a business they're trying to grow and have like their actual job, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. No, congratulations. It sounds like it's a current. I I didn't know what to say. Congratulations initially, because, you know, it's like who would have thought this year, 2023, we're congratulating people on leaving their career (laughs) that they went to school for and devoted a lot of time to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're we're saying that to a lot of people actually, yeah. who are doing things that they never imagined they would be doing as a paid career and like opportunity to be an entrepreneur, which you're engaging in. Yeah, I think even especially it being like a nice, a good job, like an engineering job. It's like people are, it's it's it, you wonder whether to say congratulations, but a hundred percent, I've been really happy and it's been like a fun transition. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jess, so now as as a kind of a full-time content creator and coach and and doing all this stuff, what are some of the the things you learned kind of along the way, right? As far as let's say somebody starting a business, right? Or maybe not even starting a business, someone who's doing content creation that wants to maybe take it a step further and kind of become a little more more structured and professional with their content. Yeah. So I see a lot of 
there's a lot of different situations that people are in. One common one I see is a lot of people either have ideas for creating content or creating content for their business and they're kind of afraid to post videos that potentially thousands, millions of people can see. I don't even know. I don't even think it's that fear. I think it's the fear that their friends and family are going to see the videos that they post. <laughs> they're often afraid of like being judged by the people in their own life rather than like strangers on the internet. So the first thing I usually have to help people with, uh, especially when they're like very, very early, is just getting over the fears that come up of being online and having people in their life see cringy videos that they post online, lacking confidence, talking to the camera. So like those are really huge things. And so I usually just kind of work through them and building the confidence of like, okay, then don't say anything like what's if you don't want to talk, then if you don't want people to hear your message, then don't. And I kind of use reverse psychology a little bit and they realize, OK, everybody else talk is talking. I might as well like put my message out there. And like, honestly, like creating content on TikTok is usually the best step I usually recommend people to do. And that's what I focus on is TikTok, particularly because it is such a good platform for discoverability, not just like Instagram, where you feel like you're just talking to the people who like stumble upon you and find you. You can just kind of talk to anybody and random people are seeing your content every day. And so like those are the two things is kind of like believing in your message and like sharing it consistently and posting on TikTok are like the first couple of steps that I usually encourage. Yeah, and I think that's so important because this is going back to our like own personal step into creating content. So Gabe was already creating content before we launched Inflow just because he had his YouTube channel. He already had a Star Wars channels on Instagram and, and, and TikTok. And he was already kind of in the game of creating content. But when we were starting Inflow, I didn't really create content outside of just like posting my personal Instagram. So when we started Inflow, a lot of our content was a lot of behind the we I was nervous of posting my own face and making videos or even posting photographs of our, like myself. I wanted to share empowering and educational content, but you do your you do yourself a disservice when you're not putting a face to the brand or if you're not putting your own voice or spin on it. And it came to us as an awakening when, remember this like troll, like posted on one of our Instagram, I didn't even know it was a troll. Maybe it was like someone who actually helped us, but it was someone like we posted a, a post on Instagram and I think it was like a carousel and someone random person didn't even follow us was saying like, this is great content, but there's no trust here because we can't see your face. Like there's no trust, like there's no face on your Instagram at all. And that was a huge wake up call because I was like, that's true. Like I don't follow many accounts that don't have no. faces behind it. Or I don't know who the person is who's sharing that content, unless it's like a meme page. But if it's someone like a lawyer or a service professional or a coach, you do want to know who's talking to you and who's sharing that information because then it starts building trust. And especially if you're selling a service or a product to someone in the future, then you need to establish that trust because that's how people People buy from who they trust. So yeah. I think that's a huge kind of point to, to point out to a lot of people who are getting start, like, started on their content journey, especially you personally knowing how powerful it is when your first initial content was very personable and just things you like that people start following you probably because they just liked who Jasmine was, not necessarily just strictly because you're giving them valuable information. That's one aspect of it, but also because they like you, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a huge thing of, what I teach business owners, because a lot of them get stuck when they start creating content, is just repeating what other people are doing or educating and providing a bunch of value. And so they'll show up and they'll make these videos of like, here's three tips for this. Here's three hacks for this. Here's like how to do this thing and in four steps. And a lot of that is missing that personal touch. And it doesn't build trust because people don't really know like 
What are your values? What do you believe? What are your honest opinions about the industry you're in? And so my first step when they are past the point of like, okay, they're showing up their face and they're creating content. It's like, okay, now we have to stop educating and we have to put your honest opinions about the space that you're in, the industry you're in, what you really believe, what you stand for, what you stand against, because that's how you're going to attract clients. That's how you're going to attract followers is people who realize, oh, like this person, they're a multidimensional person with opinions that I align with align with as well, even more so than other people in that particular space. And I would want to work with them out of anybody else. And so like, that's how I've attracted my own clients is like agitating my audience, disrupting the space I'm in and being really honest. But it's really hard to get there in the beginning, especially if you're not comfortable creating content and being online and showing your face. No, absolutely. That, that is huge. And as Ray mentioned, I mean, even for my social media journey, it was the same thing, right? Where I was showing a lot of stuff, a lot of like products and, and obviously mine Star Wars, showing a lot of Star Wars stuff. And one day it, it kind of dawned on me that it's, I need to become the brand, right? Not, not the product. It, it's me that I'm the one who's giving the information that I need to kind of start facing the camera. And, and yeah, that was a huge, huge change in the way I created content. And just, again, just putting yourself out there, even with the mistakes, you know what I mean? And I think that's one of the, the biggest obstacles and the biggest hurdle that most people get, get over that they want to perfect the videos and they want to make, oh, I made a mistake. Let me refilm. Oh, let me, I misspoke or I said something. And there got to a point where I just left my mistakes. You know what I mean? Unless there are crude, like really, really like bad mistakes, I would just leave it. If I misspoke, I would leave it. If I said something wrong, I would leave it. Not only did it kind of make me more personable, I guess, I, I, I think, right? Because everyone makes mistakes. But it also kind of allowed my audience to engage with the video. And a lot of people don't realize that is that sometimes the mistakes it, are what makes your audience engage with it. Because they're either going to correct you or they're going to go, oh, I, I make that mistake all the time as well. And it creates, again, just interaction with your content. So I think that's definitely something to, to think about as people are putting themselves as the, the brand, their face as the brand it should come with all of all of the mistakes as well. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point, because I do find people come to me and they're stuck in the loop of perfectionism. And so they'll hardly ever put anything out there because they film a video, then they saw some kind of piece of advice or something that told them that maybe they should have tweaked something or made their hook better or like edited it a certain way or used different text or whatever it is. And so then they'll just get in this loop of perfecting the one video and then the video will flop and they'll be like, OK, well, I spent like a week on that one video and now it didn't do well. So I come from the place of just like sheer like <laughs> just like quantity and over quality like I maybe spend five minutes on my TikToks that I post every day I will film it I'll add a text on the screen some captions and I post it and I really don't put that much thought because I only I know that I'm only going to grow and learn by just putting stuff out there and so that's a lot of what I help people with too is because they do get in that loop that I mentioned and so they find it really hard to enjoy creating content because it's just filled with so much like over criticism and burden and then all of that effort doesn't get results because they're not putting enough out there to be able to grow and actually see what does well so that's a really great point that you bring up because perfectionism holds back a lot of people and it can really hold you back from creating content and getting to the point that you can yeah and i feel like we talked about this in our, our previous podcast of just iterations right like 
just about making the content and doing it over and over again. Because one, it's every piece of content is, especially on TikTok, is one ticket to the lottery of the algorithm. That's one part. But also you get better by just doing it. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what's a good idea or what works unless you just keep trying and experimenting and you get data. Obviously, like, right, like you get the data from doing the work. So, yeah, obviously, that's a huge point. And I'm glad you, you kind of also emphasize that with your clients. Now, one thing I wanted to touch on is that content creation is inherently marketing, right? And did you always have an interest in marketing or because you have an engineering background, you probably yeah. did much marketing studying in school and things like that. So did you... Was it more, once again, like an organic approach? Because I know you do teach your clients a lot about marketing strategies and strategies behind content creation. Was it something that you just kind of organically learned over time and found an interest in? Or was it something that you kind of always had an interest in and just kind of? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Ever since I was like even younger, I used to spend hours creating videos, but I didn't really know anything about marketing. Um, I used to like montage our family videos into like these crazy things. I don't know. I just really loved video content. And so then as I got older and obviously I was studying engineering, every like club or project that I was in, I would like take on the marketing role without realizing even in my engineering job, I was part of like, like a prestigious leadership development program. And they needed somebody to write the newsletter for the executives. And I did it. And I was like putting together the marketing materials and promoting our club to them and showing how well we're doing every month and they were like oh you have like a really good knack for marketing i'm like i didn't realize that that's what it was i just always gravitating towards those scenarios and so when i started creating video content i started learning about sales psychology and how to translate my passion for videos into ways that actually drive sales and are effective for marketing for businesses and i worked with businesses as well to like learn it practice it experiment with it so it just kind of like naturally happened with things that i was interested in things i was good at and then like filling in the gaps to get to where I'm at now. But yeah, it was kind of like a like, like an unlikely uh, end result that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's cool. I mean, that and that's sometimes the best way to go about it, right? It's just kind of letting, going with the flow and kind of letting things happen. Now, can you explain a little bit more about kind of your your coaching in your business and what you what you do with with some of these smaller businesses and in coaching them? Yeah, so I have a bunch of offers depending on the various levels that businesses are in. So some people come to me and they don't have any clients at all and they just are really struggling to even grow. And so we use social media as a way to attract clients. And so I'll teach them how to create content that converts their audience, whether even if they only have a few followers and 200 views into like high ticket clients so they can start scaling their businesses without crazy ad costs or overhead or, um, you know, spending a bunch of money on a website or anything like that. Um, and then I have established business owners too. So like it's a sliding scale of business owners that I work with, but some make like 400,000 a month and they need somebody to help them with their TikTok specifically um, because they don't have like the time to think about it. So it's anywhere from beginning business owners who want to learn how to create content to start growing and getting their first few clients to established business owners who need somebody who really understands certain platforms that they haven't really refined yet and create content that makes their processes more efficient for conversion into their offers. So I offer a bunch of different things and it's really fun to see all different sides of businesses at all different levels of all different niches from 
financial experts to fitness coaches to mindset quantum healers to everything in between. So it's really cool to see all those different businesses and all the different steps that they're on. Got you. And yeah. just from like listening to you speak and just like the kind of topics we already discussed, like it seems like you're someone who's like very in tune with like both sides of their brain where you do like doing the creative stuff and you also like doing the analytical strategizing part of it. Yeah. Um, great for someone who's a creator or who's just like what we call just like an independent entrepreneur or like the independent creator because you are running when you think about it, you have multiple different streams of income right like you're still doing your own personal brand deals is that correct like for your own personal tiktok and then you also have multiple client service offerings and i don't know what else you're doing but i'm sure you <laughs> oh wait no you also have like a membership and yeah a few different things so is that something that also was like attractive to the fact of like leaving your previous job and enjoy like doing this full time is being able to tap into multiple passions, but also the multiple roles that you see yourself performing? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. What It's funny that you say both sides of my brain, because I remember when I was a kid in school, they made you take this test, whether you were like left brain or right brain. And I was the only one where it was dead even. And it said like both. And my teacher was like, there's something wrong with you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so it's funny that you say that like a very uh specific detail that, that particularly accurate but I really did feel like um in my job I was really confined in my ability to be creative and be analytical exactly like what you said and so at near the end of my engineering career I ended up leaving a conventional engineering role and going to like a customer success space so that way I can deal with people, deal with some numbers and also deal with some more creative things. But it wasn't to the extent that I wanted. As obviously, as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to do everything 100 percent. It's not like you get one percent of a project. You'd have to do it all. And so, yeah, that was definitely something that was attractive to me. And also just having like complete free reign over whatever I get to build and create was something that I always wanted to do. So. Love yeah. That. Super yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we i like we relate to that because we come from about like we're lawyers right and there's only so much creativity allowed in being a lawyer right usually it's just creative problem solving right like how are we going to structure this deal and how are we going to structure the settlement that's the extent of usually getting creative but in our role as being able to like have our own law firm it allows us to figure out like oh like how do we want to procure our services on that something like doing the our subscription model was like a way for us to be creative and build that out and use the tools that we use and doing that and how we brand ourselves and how we do our own marketing through content creation allows us to encourage also that creative fun side that just like it's native to who we are that we're allowed to bring into like everyday work basically. That yeah. Everyday different, right? So it makes it yeah. exciting. No, that's a good point. And I think what I've realized too, even just like recently is it was really nice to like quit my job and now be able to do everything creatively from landing pages to new products and offers to marketing to my own sales conversations, getting good at sales. Like it's been all great. However, I think I'm getting to the point now, which is like a natural progressive progression of like, I need to have people help me because some of these things are exhausting me <laughs> and I'm not I'm finding out what I really can sustainably do passionately, whereas it was exciting at first. And now I have to like offboard it to somebody else. So I'm like in that weird transition phase of my business and trying to find like in like an online business manner, an executive assistant, like whatever I need to outsource those different processes. But 
it's been really cool to be able to do it for myself and really get a good idea of what I truly like for trying it for a, wh- a while and what seemed exciting. But now I'm, it's nice that just somebody else handles, handles it for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, I mean, that's a great point because even you as, as, as the, the coach and the social media expert, you put your limitations and your, your, your strengths and, and the stuff you don't you know, want to do. I think just like any business owner, some business owners are just terrified of the marketing aspect of it. They just, that's something that's not in their, in their blood. Right. So I think reaching out to creators and coaches like yourself to kind of give them that boost and, and kind of really give them that guidance, I think is key because we work with a lot of creatives. Right. And at the end of the day, creatives want to create, right. They're, they're into the, the artistic part of it right they they just want to do the the fun stuff and we help them out with the boring legal stuff right well i think some people would also look at marketing as kind of like the the dreadful part right because they don't want to show their face they don't they're scared of public views right so have you noticed that like in a lot of the businesses that reach out to you is that kind of a a gap that business owners have Yeah, I made a video about this like two days ago. So that's funny that you're bringing this up because I do see it a lot and people will message me. They're like, I loathe creating videos. I hate it. I dread it. The content creation process just like seems silly. I wish somebody else could do it for me. And so I don't have too many people like clients coming to me feeling that way because they usually come to me knowing, okay, like I have to make the step. And so I'm embracing it. But I know I, I create a lot of content around it because it's a common objection and feeling that I have to overcome to get people to see the value. Because the way that I talk about it is content creation is not a separate entity from your business. It's just an extension of it. It's a way for you to talk about the thing you already cared about and spend hours doing. It's a way for you to share what you're working so hard on. And if you're not going to share it with the world, how are you going to sell what you're doing? Like, it doesn't make sense to me to think that it's something completely separate because it's literally just like, you're talking about what you would with your clients and what the the things that you love to do. It doesn't have to be dreadful. I think a lot of people just see it as like some like gimmicky, like cringy, like thing that they don't want to do with a lot of preconceived notions and limiting beliefs from having to do trends or having to dance or having to be on a platform for kids or whatever people assume about different different apps. But I instead try to encourage them to see that it's like a privilege and it's you be able to share the things that you literally work hours like weeks, years trying to build and show it off to the world and the messages that you share with your clients, being able to share that with anybody who's willing to to listen. So it's a common thing that people feel. And so I just try to shift their perspective of like, it's actually like a gift that can really help you grow and connect with people who want to hear what you have to say. So, yeah. yeah. I, love, I love that mindset thing because it's something that like when, because I also wanted to like learn a lot about marketing as well when we were like, all right, we're going to actually do our own content creation. Then we have to know a little bit about marketing. And one thing I heard was remembering just like if you're having like, I don't know, something holding you back from sharing and creating content, you look at it and you just change your perspective, kind of like you mentioned, where it's like a privilege and a gift to someone else. It's exactly what it is, right? And one thing I remember is like, it's actually selfish for you to not share, right? If you have something that can help someone else and you're not helping them or like giving that, making that information accessible to them, then it's actually a selfish move. And it makes it easier in your mind to structure it that way, being like, oh, what I'm doing is actually, it's a generous act, right? Where if we're going on and we're creating a, I don't know, just like educational content about LLCs, 
it actually, once again, it's a generous act that we don't, we don't have to do that, right? A lot of, especially in our industry, a lot of people gatekeep that type of information originally, right? This is like, there wasn't very much like information out there on how to do it yourself and things like that. But when we do it, it's a generous act because we're allowed to, and we're allowing ourselves to do that instead of just, it's a lot of people think it's selfish to actually show up on camera and make a video, but it's selfish to actually keep that information. So that was a huge mindset change for us. And it's kind of directly in line with like what you just mentioned. But yeah, moving on, I did want to ask your professional opinion on a topic, niching down, right? And now we are, and if you have a different opinion, we'd love to hear it, but we are big fans of people niching down. But I have seen a trend recently where a lot of people are saying like, I don't want a niche. I just want to make content. That's for everyone. But we'd love to know your professional, and we have our own thoughts on this as well, but we'd love to know, like, if you do have a client who says, like, I don't want to have to pick a niche or I don't want to niche down, it's almost become like a, a bad word to a lot of people. So we'd love to know if someone's coming to you and they say they don't want to niche down, or maybe we're wrong and maybe you're saying you don't have to niche down. So we'd love to know what you would say to someone who's like, in those yeah, shoes. I think it's, I people, I think people oversimplify the problem. So I tell people instead of like niching down, you need a personal brand, right? And so you have to think about what's the end goal that you want, that you want to achieve with your content and what's the most effective way of getting there. If you want to like talk about anything and everything, you're not going to really be able to effectively get to your end goal. Like brands are not going to know who's following you to know if it's worth you marketing their products. If you are a business owner, people are not going to it's not going to be readily apparent that you have a business and what your offers are. So I'm all for being clear in your content and having a lane that you stick to. So I just call it personal branding and the fact that like, it's not like one specific topic, but it's more of like an area that you stick to for content creation. But for business owners specifically, I say most of your TikTok content specifically, 99% should be clear that you are a business owner and this is for your business and you can spin it into ways of it like something that's more personal connecting to your business but it should all lead back to your business if you want to get crazy on your instagram stories and talk about some more personal stuff that's fine but your outreach content should be clear and tied to your niche or personal brand so that way you are attracting the right people back to you if you have a hodgepodge of people from all different types of topics and then they see your other videos and they don't vibe with it or they followed you for one reason and then they just stop watching your content. TikTok's going to stop showing them your videos because they followed you for something else. So I think it's just people feeling like they don't want to be tied down, but it's actually if they do it right and if they know where they want to go with their content, it's only going to help them. But I think it's just a lot of people feel overwhelmed by it. And so they just want to like disband the idea. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. And yep. I'm, I think it also is like a fear there too. And I know a lot of people, right? Because now you're limiting the masses that you're appealing to, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's easy to just be like, I'm going to make this for everyone. So maybe I'll make like, logically, I'll make more sales because it's going to be applicable to more people. But it's not necessarily how that works, right? And yeah. when people realize like if I'm creating content for a specific, specific type of ideal client or person or customer, and they don't like it, then I failed, right? And I think that's a huge thing that a lot of people have an issue with is like, oh, I make this for someone in particular, but what if that particular person doesn't kind of like us? Like we were like, what if creative entrepreneurs don't want to work with us? That would suck. But the upside is so much better because now you can kind of like, once again, 
I don't know, it just makes it easier to know who exactly you're talking to and then attract those people. And then down the line, if they do want to work with us, then they're exactly the type of people who make sense working with us as opposed yeah. to some random business owner who's a contractor who we don't really know yeah. the rules and things like that. Like, it's not a good fit, but we can actually target our audience. So yeah, I think it's also a little fear-based there too. Yeah, I could talk about that forever because that's something that I preach a lot of you being general, hoping everybody's going to like you is making nobody like you because you're not saying anything polarizing enough to like disband the people that just feel like mad about you to, into people that like love and hate you. And that's kind of the spot you want to get to is polarizing your audience to get the people who are like diehard, either fans or clients, and then polarizing the people who you don't even want to work with or talk to anyway. Right. Like that's the way that I approach it. And so that's why, like, personally, I like my business account only has, quote unquote, like 9000 followers, but I have a very high conversion rate. I have had hundreds of people apply to work with me in just like two months and an influx of like 70 clients in that time because I have a high conversion rate in speaking my opinions and being really particular and niche in my content. Whereas like there's people in my same space who have the 100,000 followers and speak very generally and they don't know how to convert their audience because they're just trying to appeal to everyone. So in terms of sales, like you have to polarize people and you have to not, not be afraid to be really particular and very niche and specific. And that's actually what helps you drive sales. And so that's kind of like a common misconception of people just trying to appeal to everyone and therefore appealing to nobody and like seeing nobody want, wants to work with them, even if they get a few followers from it. Yeah. yeah. And it's that uh, it's it's a lot of. I think content creators get into chasing the high of, of a viral video, right? So they tend to keep on trying to make viral videos. And, and that's, that's one of the biggest, I think, obstacles that we had to also kind of get through because once you realize that a viral video, yes, absolutely. It could be helpful, but it could also hurt you. It could also hurt your accounts, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to, you once the, you come down from that high, it's, it could crash your, your whole account, right? Because the analytics are now all out of whack. There's just no way for you to track those analytics correctly, right? Because now it's, you're all in the negative numbers because of that high. And I think a lot of creators don't realize that, right? That a viral video could be very, very valuable because it puts a lot of eyes on your content, but it really comes down to the actual niche content, the, the specific content that your followers are seeing, not the general public, but the ones that actually follow you. And I think that's, that's hard to kind of start processing, especially when you're trying to grow, right? You, you see a huge influx of followers and then it's like, well, what do you do with those followers? Yeah. Don't try to get more. Let's, let's focus on the ones that you got. Yeah. I actually have a hot take on that because I think that on TikTok, followers don't matter as much because if TikTok is seeing that a particular person is watching my content, they'll just keep showing them my content whether or not they follow me. So I have a lot of clients that are like, I don't even think that I follow you on TikTok. I just always see your stuff. And so it felt like I was following you and you kept creating the content that I liked, right? So I agree with you in terms of like, if we like define followers as just the people who like came, saw a video from you and liked it, right? But I think people get so hung up on TikTok followers when they really don't matter. It's more about the people who continue to watch your videos and you keep showing up because the algorithm really prioritizes watch time there. So yeah, I have people who come to me who go viral on almost every single video 
and they're may- maybe making like $2,000 a month when they come to me. Like, that's it. That's the amount of clients they're getting. Nobody wants to buy their offers. They're giving so much value and education and they don't know how to convert their audience. And then after like a couple of weeks of me showing them how to actually drive people to their offers, create more opinionated content, more specific content. Like I had one person that made $6,000 off of two videos after we, we changed in that direction. So we stopped focusing on the views and they realized that if they want to even just continue to be a business owner, be able to keep providing for their audience, they have to make that shift, right? Because you're just going to burn yourself out if you just keep chasing the virality. So that's a great point that you brought up. Yeah. I mean, it it's kind of goes aligned with, I think some people call like the curse of the thirst trap where like, if you're a particular type of creator, for example, you're a, a fashion creator and you have like, these are my fits for the get ready with me. Right. But then you start posing thirst traps. You might be attracting the wrong type of audience yeah. that are in your content for not the right reasons, which then dilutes your audience. Like Dave said in your analytics, that brands are looking at, right? Like if you're a fashion company and you're looking at working with a certain creator, you want to know their analytics because you want to know like, all right, we're an all, we only create female clothes, but you have a very huge male audience, right? That like, which might've changed recently because of different content you created that a lot of people like to do sometimes because it does get the attention, right? It does go viral and things like that. So that's what I know some creators call like the curse of the thirst trap, which is like it's very appealing to pose a thirst trap sometimes because it gets the attention, but in a way it might negatively affect depending on your situation, right? So yeah, super tempting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, but I think like one thing I also wanted to ask you was just what are you looking forward to? doing next or is there anything down the pipeline or i know you mentioned working with business owners is a little bit more of a newer thing are you really excited about that would love to know like what's next on your journey that you might be wanting to share or you're interested in learning about yeah that's a fun question honestly i've been really focusing on my new offers that i've been coming out with so i created a group program where I take about 10 business owners every month and I work with them in a hands-on basis to watch their content, help them shift to a way that can really help them scale. And I teach them how to do it instead of like, I really feel like a lot of business owners feel stuck because they're either taught just how to get views or if it comes to getting more hands-on help, they think maybe they should go to an agency and then agencies end up screwing a lot of people over. So I've been more of like that one-on-one person uh, helping business owners to learn how to create content that converts for their own niches, using their own personal brand and their own stories. So I've really been focusing on that. I The first cohort of that program started on August 7th and I take people every month. So I'm selling spots for people for October and every month out from there. It's been like selling out months in advance, which has been really exciting. So that's really what I've been focusing on. I, in terms of future, I'm not really sure. I've been trying to be more like chill after like grinding for a year of being a nine to fiver and an entrepreneur. I really burn myself out. So otherwise, just really focusing on the influx of clients I've had and the amount of people that I've like signed into my programs recently and just really serving them. So that's been my my ultimate goal right now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I guess I, one thing that we always love to ask our guests are, can you give three of your favorite tips or like things that you would point out to a startup or a small business kind of, you know, trying to make it. 
Yeah. So the first is a content creation tip is if you're creating content for your business, it's really important to, like I said, be polarizing and kind of agitate and disrupt the space you're in, but also don't just get into the loop of just posting educational content on TikTok and the tips and tricks and all the BS that a lot of gurus are going to tell you to post. You should instead post content that helps shift people's perspectives and focuses on the problems they're experiencing, the symptoms of those problems, and how you you uniquely solve those problems. So that way people understand why it's important to work with you. You can create educational content for years and barely make money. And so that's really the first tip if you're approaching TikTok for the first time. The second one for for business owners who are getting started is a lot of times in your business, it's going to feel like you're making no progress. And all of a sudden, it's going to feel like an overnight success. So like that's something I've noticed is over the last year, it felt like I was getting nowhere. I was making zero profit. My revenue for my business was like 5000 a month, but I was paying mentors and tools and all these things. So it was virtually $0 in profit. And then seemingly overnight, I hit like a $50,000 a month. So it's going to feel like you're putting in a year or more of effort and like nothing's working, but there's going to be, there's things happening. It's like the 1% shifts and all of a sudden you're going to wake up and there's going to be a huge shift. So don't give up. I know it's hard, but that's a huge thing is just realizing like it takes time, patience, implementation and effort and you'll get there. And let's see, a third thing is to not put off creating content for your business. So I have people come to me and they're like, I wish I found you sooner because I built a website. I perfected my offers. I got email sequences down. I built my systems and now I'm ready to market. And I realized I should have been marketing myself the whole time. And even if I didn't have the right things in place, I would have had like a few clients to help me maybe outsource some of those things or realize that I wasn't even speaking in my copywriting the right way because now I'm realizing through my marketing and my conversations that I'm not using the right language. So my ultimate tip is like when you first start your business, you should be marketing from day one, even if you have no idea what to say, because you're going to get direct feedback. You're going to be able to test. You're going to be able to know the language that your audience likes and you'll be able to actually start getting clients, even if it's just from some ad hoc one on one type of thing that you figure out with them. So that way you start generating some money instead of like perfecting everything, losing a bunch of money and time and then being like, okay, now I'm ready to sell myself and realizing some of those things are obsolete. So those are my three tips. Um, (laughs) Content creator focused because that's my perspective. But a lot of it is kind of just like keep going and start early. Yeah, I love love it. Yeah, those are great. Just great ways to cap off like all the hot takes and all the tips and tricks you kind of like laid in there on just like the general strategies you kind of share with us throughout the episode so thank you so much for just taking your time to, to jump on a call with us i felt like i learned a lot and yeah. it was just great to get to know you better and a little bit know more about your background didn't know you were a power lifter before so that's really cool interesting yeah. you know i gotta go check out some of your earlier content <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's buried on my personal instagram so you won't find it Perfect. Well, speaking of, where can people find you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. So my socials are Jazz Media LLC. So J A Z Media LLC. I post a lot, obviously, on TikTok, but Instagram is a more organic, more organic way to kind of connect with me. DM me, look at my stories of what I'm up to, and I'm working on a website. I still have not made a website. That's kind of like where that hot take came from. Is a lot of people think <laughs> you need to have all the stuff done before you start making money. I kind of just started selling stuff without all of that done. So honestly, my socials are the best way. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Love that too, because that is our take way of thinking. Our take. And I'm totally <laughs> five years ago, you needed to open say, right? But no, it's true. Like it's just you everyone's doing it their own way. 
it just goes to show you that there is no, you know, actual protocol or there's no actual way of doing things, right? As so, as far as it goes, just launching. So socials, we have a website, but I feel like more people just use it just to verify us and to yeah. focus yeah. on there, right? Like it's, we don't do any like Google SEO or anything like that. So yeah, rely heavily on socials and yep. we don't have the biggest following either, but we do are able to convert our our, our followers and potential clients into actual clients. So yeah. it works well. So it just goes to show that once again, there's no actual way. Followers don't matter. I love that part. And just a lot of great golden nuggets in there. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us, Yasmin. And we look forward to what you'll be doing in the future and your continued success. So thanks again for joining us and sharing a lot with our audience. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Thank you. Have a All right. So thanks again for listening. And that was such a cool interview. I mean, Jasmine, just such an insightful person. And I love her business model. Yeah, there was so much she shared that was super valuable to us, but also to a bunch of y'all, I'm sure. So we're really thankful for Jasmine to share some of her expertise, a little bit about her journey and what she's doing. And hopefully y'all find it inspirational on your own journeys as well. Yep. So until next time, we'll see you later. Yeah. Have a good one.